This is Equestrian Legacy Radio. Legacy Radio, and I'm your host, Gary Holt. It is a beautiful 66 degrees today in Nashville, Tennessee, and we have a great show for you today. Joining us will be Waddy Mitchell, legendary cowboy poet, and Joanne Becker, owner of Brushy Creek Lodge and Resort. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Waddy Mitchell.
ties, while others say it's in his eyes. Regardless, all can recognize that he has a special way. His kindness is a kind of force that instills trust within a horse. It's understanding at its source. But who but the horse can say? And he shines as bright as reflected light off a grand Teton snow. But who but the horse would know? status quo for who but the horse would ever know Waddy, are you there? I'm here, partner. How well, are I you, think Gary? I'm I'm having technical problems. It looks like today, so um, but we're connected now. So glad to have you on the show. Thank you kindly. I'm glad to be connected with you. <laughs> well, technology is not something that's easy for an old guy like me, and uh, looks like we're having a little bit of a problem. But anyway, glad to have you joining us from uh, Jigs, Nevada today, and um, 
Uh, I hope that people got to hear all of that great poem, Who But the Horse, but uh, we'll just keep going on and see how we do with the rest of the program. Um, You know, I was talking with a good friend of yours yesterday, Michael Martin Murphy, and uh, we were talking about you being the real deal as a cowboy, and we've got listeners, if they haven't left us already, that are all across the U.S. and about 45 countries. And uh, tell us a little bit about your growing up as a cowboy, Waddy. Well, I was raised on a ranch that was uh, remote, to say the least. We were 60 miles from town, 33 of that was dirt road, and we were 14 miles to the nearest neighbor. We didn't have electricity, and uh, so the ranch was my life, and my heroes were the cowboys that worked for my dad, and and, uh, that's really all I ever wanted to be. And so I did. At 16, I quit school, went off, and in our part of the world, you buckaroo. You don't cowboy for a living. You buckaroo for a living. It has to do with the California traditions. But uh, I started buckarooing for a living. We were on outfits that, uh, well, one of the biggest, the biggest outfit, I should say, I ever worked for was the Nevada Garvey, and we turned out 25,000 cows out on uh, a desert of about 200 and, uh, or excuse me, about 2,000 square miles. Wow. So it was a big job for the cowboys. We'd be out there on a, eat out of a chuck wagon, sleep on the ground, and brand calves all summer long. So for a young man that was wanting to be a cowboy, that was the best place in the in the world to work. But what is, and the poetry came along. <laughs> well, talk a little bit about that because I know if you're out on on that much acreage and and tending that many cows, um, I guess you had to do something at night. And and is that kind of where the poetry came in? Uh, I I'll be honest with you. Uh, I sat around a lot a lot of fires in my day, and. Uh, I would, in all that time, I know I know Nashville and uh, Los Angeles or Hollywood would make the cowboy out as a singing seller, but in all my years, 26 years professionally, I never had the two guys that even brought a guitar. One, all the other guys before I even got there had threatened with his life if he ever pulled it out again. <laughs> <and> the other <laughs> The other guy only knew how to play ba 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 baran. <laughs> so it wasn't a popular thing, but telling stories and actually reciting poetry. Now, in those days, there wasn't an, a lot of cowboy poetry to be had very easily out there. Uh, and so most of the poems I got were passed from another cowboy. And uh, we trade poetry. And so you heard an awful lot of Robert Service. You heard an awful lot of of uh, Edgar Allan Poe, or it might be Casey at the Bat, or uh, it goes on and on, and very little cowboy poetry because it wasn't readily available. Uh, 1984, a big old guy that was... Uh, uh, interested in everything 
people tell me that, that you write and do poetry. I said, well, yeah. And he heard some, and he said, I would love to put on a festival. Are there more of you cowboys that do this? I said, well, I know quite a few of them. I'll help you get some. And we went to work. Uh, he put the word out all over rural America, and before you know it, uh, we had 40 poets hired to do it. We put up about 200 chairs thinking that we didn't want the sparse crowd we were going to get to look uh, like nobody came. Right. And that morning, 2,000 people came. <laughs> <laughs> and we we had to scramble and put up more chairs and move to the auditorium. And uh, since then, that was 1985. Since then, there's there's about a hundred uh, cowboy poetry gatherings around the country now. Oh, that's amazing. Well, and that was uh, I guess that was the beginning of the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering out in Elko. That was the start of it. Uh, of course, we weren't the national then. We were the only. <laughs> and I think we brought a lot. We broke a lot of ground. Uh, uh, we found out that weekend, as a matter of fact, that very first weekend, that the cowboy music belonged hand in hand with the poetry. Uh, it was just obvious, not only with crowd reaction, but it just it. it they both found a home. And so a cowboy poetry gathering isn't all poetry. It's, it's as much uh, contemporary Western music or the old classics. Right. Well, I've talked with uh, you know a lot of guests that we've had on the show uh, over the last several months that are in, into the Western and the cowboy music. And we talked about the difference between the country and the Western music. As a matter of fact, we started the show with Joni Harms, uh, Let's Bring the Western Back to Country. Uh, but it seems that the Western lifestyle is is more of a, a, a way to tell the stories of the West, and the cowboy music is a way to tell the stories of the cowboys. And, and that really is what the cowboy poetry is, I guess. It's just storytelling put to rhyme and meter. Well, it's not all rhyme and meter. You know, we've got great poets like Paul Zarziski who who does an awful lot of uh, pretty much pre-versed poetry that uh, stuns and and entertains audiences all over the world. And so we can't just say we're too rhyme and meter anymore, although for years I answered that way. Yeah. But what it is is are just stories written by cowboys and for some reason, there's no way that that you won't know a cowboy wrote it because that's just who they are, and that's the way they think. But it doesn't even have to be about cattle or horses. Okay. Well, and but the horses play a big part in in what the cowboy does uh, in his life. You did a you did one called Evening Chat. And uh, and we're going to try to play this now, and we'll hope our technical problems don't come back and haunt us. As a matter of fact, I'm going to leave your mic open while we're doing this one. Uh, but um, uh, it's a it's a great story about a guy talking to his horse and what it means. And let's take a listen to Evening Chat with Whitey Mitchell. And you're listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio. 
Here you go, young feller. Let me take this saddle off your back. I'll get you a scoop of rolled oats. We'll have us an evening chat. Now let me curry some of that sweat off. I suppose that's the least I can do. Settle down now. Enjoy your grain. I'll turn you out when you're through. Well, we finished us up another day. That old sun is going down. <laughs> wonder why we say that when it's the earth that's spun around because the sun is stationed. What is that, boredom in your eyes? Oh, I guess it don't make no difference to you if I call it sundown or earth rise. But regardless, we had us a good day, and I got what I needed to done. Neither one of us got hurt. We managed to have us some fun. I got high hopes for you, Brownie. I believe we'll make a good team. You've just got to slow down a little. In time, you'll know what I mean. Oh, when I was young, I was like you. But when working with cows, you'll find that enthusiasm's dandy. But experience is kind. Sort of lets an older fellow work at a slower pace and still get as much accomplished on account of fewer mistakes. Now, let me have your foot up. I'll check on that old hoof crack. Hold yourself up, darn it. No need to be hard on my back. Yeah, them clips I drew have done it. Looks like it's growing out fine. Won't hardly know you had one when I shoot you up next time. Say, but you caught that yearling slick. Do you like roping as much as you claim to? Maybe we should enter us a jackpot. Now, there'd be something to aim to. Now, well, but I don't see the boss allowing me to take you past them hillsides. You know nothing to trailering. Don't reckon you ever will. You see, you and I are dying breed. Ain't many left like us these days. Now, I see you had up the last year of grain. Come on, part. You go out and graze. Thanks for the chat. I've enjoyed it. Suppose I'd best get on inside and get me some supper started. I'll catch you later, pard. Thanks for the ride. Thank you, folks, for the ride. Well, you can tell from from uh, from what you write. This uh, a lot of your writing, I guess, just comes from experience with life, doesn't it? Well, yeah. You know, uh, once you get to be our age, uh, uh, you've had a lot of life, and uh, I love to write about the life as it's going. And so that was actually written. It, it's a true story. I was camped out what they call Miller Creek, and a bunch of us got together and we looked on a map and we couldn't find any place in the lower 50 that could have been further away from from other humans than where I was camped. <laughs> and I got in one night, was unsaddling, and uh, thought somebody was there, turned around, and I was embarrassed. Nobody was there, but I was embarrassed when I started wondering why I figured out well they would have caught me talking to my horse <laughs> <laughs> and and that bugged me I thought now why you know I mean anybody talking to a dog you wouldn't think twice about uh, you hear people talking to their parakeets and 
even people talking to their goldfish, you know, when they're feeding them. And so I don't know why that it would have embarrassed me. And so I went in camp that night and I wrote that. Well, that's great. And, uh, you know, all of us that are horsemen uh, have talked to our horses about a whole lot of things over the course of the years. And uh, our horses have been with us through thick and thin, through good times and bad times. And so, uh, yeah, if you're a horse person, you don't think too much about talking to your horse. That just seems like a natural thing to be doing. Um, but I've, I've uh, listening listening to your to your poetry. Uh, there's a whole lot of common sense in what you write, and and there's a whole lot of humor too. And uh, it touches on every aspect of the human emotions uh, with with the way that you write. Um, I want to talk in just a, just a minute about um, the WRCA. You bet. And and what that does and and what its purpose is. But uh, there's a poem that you did, and, and I listened to this the other day, and it, it uh, touched on a lot of chords. Uh, you know, if you're from a small town like we are, that really shows what community does, pulling together for folks when they have hard times. But there was a lot of humor uh, in that as well. And uh, uh, I think you offered to, to do this live for us, and that's Elmer. Could you share that with oh. us? Yeah, you betcha. I'd be glad to. Uh, I'm sorry. This. <laughs> yeah, Elmer, this is uh, another true story that I just ex- expounded on. Elmer really isn't liked much by us neighbors or his peers because he's pulled his shady dealings and shenanigans for years. Still, we all felt sorry for him when the news had got around. The chemotherapy's the reason he was shedding hair and pounds. So we all pitched in. Nature was around. I'm sorry. Are we still live? We're, we're live, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. This phone's a beeping. And uh, let me get on another phone. All right. I'm so sorry, Gary. Okay, Elmer really isn't liked much by us neighbors or his peers, for he's pulled his shady dealings and shenanigans for years. Still, we all felt sorry for him when the news had got around that chemotherapy's the reason he was shedding hair and pounds. So we all pitched in, made sure chores around his ranch got done, and the things in town were needed, one of us would make the run. And the women did his laundry, cooked his meals, and brewed his tea for as sorry as he is, he's part of our community. Then one day, my wife came to me and said that she and Elmer talked. And for all that folks had done for him, at saying thanks, he balked. But an envelope I'd left him was the thing that he believed to be the most important present that he ever had received. You see, I'd given him nine coupons to Hank's day spa, bar, and lodge, each one good for one free mud bath and a deep tissue massage. <laughs> he said he had not aim to use them. In fact, he almost threw them out till he heard it cure most everything from hemorrhoids to the gout, and the local Indians believe the mud has magic healing powers. Whenever they get sick or hurt, they lay in it for hours. 
Plus, the doctor had just told him that the chemo wasn't working, so it couldn't hurt to try because old death was right there lurking. So we went. The first tank had him stripped and lay down on this cop, and with his big old calloused hands, he squished out all the knots. Then he poked his thumbs down through his meat and traced along his bones while Elmer screamed and pleaded, gasping air through painful groans. When that torture session ended and Elmer lay in sore and red, Hank completely covered him with mud. And that's when Elmer said, never been one to believe in silly ancient lores, but I'm convinced I feel the, the cancer being sucked out through my pores. So he went back eight more times for that same treatment every day, and he's plumb sure it is the reason that his cancer went away. And although his doctor only poo-hooed the whole story is absurd, he could not explain the, the reason for Elmer being cured. <laughs> I'm sorry, partner. For That's Elmer right. being cured, my wife then took my hand and squeezed her eyes welled up with tears and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I should have put this in front of me. That's all right. Uh, my wife then took my hand and squeezed. Her eyes welled up with tears. She said, you know, at times you still surprise me, even after all these years, because those coupons you gave Elmer, though not really commonplace, just might have been the thing that proved to be his saving grace. Now, leaving well enough alone is something I ain't learned. I suppose I could have just <laughs> accepted his kind Praise is falsely earned, but no, for once I had to fall back on the teachings of my youth, and I sure ruined the nice moment by my telling her the truth. I said, "Hun, I was giving them ten coupons by some hippie-looking folk that I let camp by the creek once, but it proved a sorry joke, because after Hank massaged me once, there's no doubt in my head that I'd rather go through that again, I'd just as soon be dead. And after that there mud bath, I guess all I have to say is it seeped in my nooks and crannies. Some's in there yet today. Look, I know why it was going to cure him. I just thought it couldn't hurt for him to practice laying still while covered up with dirt. <laughs> uh, I love that. You know, it, it really it really shows the sense of community. And 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 people reaching out to help folks. And um, did you really did you really give some guy coupons for a massage? No, no. <laughs> no I uh, we showed up at a place one time, and they was giving people mud baths and massages that they'd have to buy. And I thought that was that had to come into a poem somewhere. <laughs> Well, it's it's a great poem, uh, but talking about the sense of community, I kind I think kind of leads into uh, talking about the Working Ranch Cowboys Association, and uh, and share with us, Wadi, you know how that got started and and uh, how it works and what the purpose is for that. Well, I was actually looking uh, for something to put the cowboy kind of back into uh, the public's eye. Uh, 
and I just thought, well, ranch rodeo is the best way to do it. How better? How better uh, show people there that the working cowboys, which was one of the criteria, they had to be uh, professional working cowboys with paychecks and be on a team of a of a real ranch. And so uh, we thought, if we have these people there, instead of seeing 125 different contestants for just a few seconds uh, at a time, if if they were to have so many teams of ranch teams with the real cowboys doing eight different uh, contests apiece, people would lock on to this. They'd, they'd get to meet these cowboys and see that they're just working people out there and not a one of them are a J.R.U. and that <laughs> They're just good folks that sometimes don't have time or the inclination to come in and do the politicking that, that probably they need to get done. But they're good uh, stewards of the land, and because anybody said cattle's out on the land, the only way these guys are going to better their station in life is take better care of the land, and that's what they do. Otherwise, uh, it will go stagnant, and they will not be able to keep up with the times financially. Right. So the cowboys are out there doing an important job, but most working cowboys are there not because they like cows. That's uh, I don't know of a cowboy that really likes cows. They're there so they can spend their lives working with the horses. Right. Well, and I, yeah, and the only way they'd like a cow, I guess, is on a plate. That's my favorite way to to enjoy a cow. There you go. There you yeah. go. But the but the WRCA, and by the way, we want to give the website for that. That's wrca.org. dot uh, org. There's a, there's a, a a real sense of community there in the way that uh, uh, you're giving back and and and. You were telling me about that last night when we chatted just a little bit. So well, can well, you talk we, to us I'll a little bit you, about that? I'll tell you, the whole deal we really started this for was was uh, not only was that purpose I just said, but, but the money we made from it, if we ever were going to make money, we wanted to give back to the cowboys. A lot of cowboys get hurt. It's not... It's not uh, when or where or if it's just how bad if they're going to stay in it they're going to get hurt a lot of times a cowboy's wife and the kids got to go stay with her mom until he gets better and can start making a living for him again uh we didn't want that to happen so we started a cowboy crisis fund and when uh Cowboys get in trouble. We we help them out and let Mama stay home and not interrupt everybody's life and make his rehabilitation just go a little bit faster. Then one of the reasons I had to leave that that life was I had kids. They had to go to college. A guy can't make enough money to have, make that happen. So we set up a scholarship fund and we. We look at working ranch cowboys, kids, and we send them to school. 
and that makes me feel good because then the cowboy gets to stay at the ranch and do his job and live his life as a cowboy and not feel like he failed because his kid, kids didn't go to school. Well, that's a that's a great cause, and and both to show what the working cowboy actually does through the events that they participate in, but the uh, but the use of the funds that are raised from that are you know couldn't be for a better cause, and that's to help these cowboys out when they have a, uh, a health situation that rises up, and to help educate these kids. So, uh, again, the website for that is wrca.org. And let me encourage folks to um, to check that out. Um, be, it's a great cause and be great events to be able to uh, observe and participate in. Um, one of my favorite people is Don Edwards, and uh, Don's been on the show with us a couple of times before. And uh, your name has come up in conversation that I've had with him. I know you guys have. Uh, have been friends and, and done things together for a long time. And, well, uh, we went down the road together for almost 20 years. And and you got along pretty good with a New Jersey cowboy. So that's... Well, you know, he got he's a Texan. He got out of Jersey just as soon as he could, probably <laughs> sooner than most guys are, are thinking about even leaving their house. Yeah, yeah. He's as good a guy as he seems to. Well, he really is. You've done some great things together, um, and you did a uh, you did a CD together a few years ago called a Prairie Portrait, and and I was just wondering how that came about because now we've got uh, we got a fellow that grew up out punching cows and and doing cowboy poetry, and now you're performing with the Fort Worth Symphony. So how did, how did that come together? Well, actually, uh, you know, symphonies uh, are are having a hard time these days, and they're they're bringing in other they're bringing in pop series and and other artists like Michael Martin Murphy, you know, uh, right. even the Riders in the Sky have done some. They're bringing it in to to introduce a new audience to the symphonies. And that's what they did in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, on the 4th of July. They they wanted to bring in a cross-culture, and they called it Cowboys in Culture. And so the first thing I told them when I got on stage, the only culture I had grew inside of my, my belly button. But, <laughs> but, but we actually had, had gotten some charts figured out for some of the poetry and, and some of the things that Don and I did together. And uh, we worked with the symphony. Well, the conductor uh, had been there for many years. When he was given a retirement, uh, uh, kind of a bonus was pick any show out of your many years and um, we can put on a show just for you and what you want to do. And he wanted to work with Don and I again. Wow. And so that's where that came because it was allowed. It's awfully hard, awfully hard to get symphonies uh, to, it's very expensive, and it's hard to get it all mic'd right and everything. 
well, because we knew this was going to happen, we mic'd it right and everything, so he'd have a copy of it. And then he gave us the permission to actually uh, put those live pieces on there, which Don and I would have never had the money to do. Well, it, it's a great, uh, it's a great album, great CD called A Prairie Portrait, and and I want to mention too that you have a new CD that's been released this year called uh, Sweat Equity, and so a, a couple of these things, Elmer is on that, and um, uh, just some great things that we didn't have time to to play today, and I want to encourage people to go out and grab a copy of, of uh, Sweat Equity because it's a great CD, great, great poetry uh, with our friend Waddy Mitchell on there. And uh, hey, before we leave, I, I've got to ask this because I made a note and, and maybe you'll share one with me, but uh, where did the Waddyisms come from and, and can you share one with us? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I just was looking something to put in kind of break the the poetry up on that on the album somehow and so I just put those in uh, I called them Wadiisms. they're just usually one liners of things that just come out of my my head but without one of them uh, in front of me I couldn't just spit it off for you Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you. People need to need to try to research and find some of these Wadiisms. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I don't have one saved, but they were absolutely great. So, uh, a lot of common sense and a lot of humor in uh, in what you do, and it's just a joy to listen. By the way, I found a, a YouTube video that I shared with people the other day, and it was one that you did. I think it was called. Um, uh, is it the Walking Man? Oh yeah! Oh yeah. wow! Wow! It it is such a powerful uh, uh, poem that you did, and and actually I found my eyes kind of welling up uh, with some tears a time or two going through that, and I wish I had that one. But uh, uh, anyway, it's it's a great one, and I would encourage people to check that out too. Uh, Whitey, I'm sorry we had some technical problems to start the show. And uh, and I'm going to ask if sometime in the future you'd come back, and I'll see if I can get this technical stuff down. It's kind of tough on an old guy, but would love well, to have you come back. You ain't the only one that us. had technical problems today, <laughs> partner. <laughs> but, well, yeah, that's... we had fun. Well, that's that's just part of um, a live radio. So if we had pre-recorded and edited all this stuff, it'd be one thing. But we're live, and uh, and I kind of like it that way. So it makes it fun. But anyway, thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, look forward to talking to you again. And uh, uh, Murph told me I needed to get out to Elko next year. He said if I ever went once, I'd I'd be back every year. So I, I hope to meet you out on the trail somewhere. I'll look forward to it, Gary. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Waddy, and uh, really appreciate it. You're listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio. We're going to listen to a great number that that Waddy and Don Edwards did called Annie Laurie and the Bad Half Hour, and they did this with the Fort Worth Symphony. You're listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Joanne Becker.
Maxwell's brace are bunny where he falls the dew and was there that any lodi gave me her promise true gave me feel so restless that old moon is shining still and bright cattle all resting easy but can't sleep tonight ain't no cactus in my blankets i don't know why they feel so hard unless it's warbling jim singing annie laurie out on guard annie laurie i sure wish he'd quit it i couldn't sleep now if i tried makes the night seem big and lonesome and my throat feels sore inside how my Annie used to sing it it sounded good and gay all those nights I'd drive her home from dances when the east was turning gray yes her brow was like the snow drift Rise like quiet stream, and her face I still can see it much too frequent in my dream, and her hand was soft and trembling that night underneath. restless, wild, unsettled, that's right, you see, well, I lean to punching cattle, I'm at it still tonight, they say she married young Doc Wilkins, Lord, but that was hard. Sure wish that fool would quit that singing of Annie Laurie out there on guard. Oh, I just can't stand thinking of the things that happened then. Good old days. They're all past me, never seen 
come again. What's that? My turn already. All right, I'll come to running part. Could you warm me up some coffee? At least I'll stop old Jim from singing Annie Laurie all night out there on guard. Max Weldon's braids are funny where he falls the dew and was there then he gave me her promise true gave me Listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio, and uh, Joanne Becker is the owner of Brushy Creek Lodge and Resort in Black, Missouri. She also is the owner of Valley Springs Foxtrotters and Valley Springs Youth Ranch. And uh, Joanne wears a lot of hats. She's a busy, busy lady. And so, Joanne, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Gary. It's good to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. And uh, uh, lot to talk about and as I was thinking about the show today and and you and I had chatted a couple of times this week uh, I was thinking about uh, the question which came first the chicken or the egg and um, and that kind of is uh, something that applies to uh, what you're doing Uh, let's talk a little bit about how you got started with horses Okay, well, um, I've actually, I grew up with, um, we had Welsh ponies when I was a child and um, was able to buy my first horse when I was like 12. Um, But how we really um, got into uh, the capacity that we're at now is um, we have a a youth ranch actually for troubled uh, youth. And um, the big big part of our program there is the equine um, part of it and for the kids to have self-esteem and learn to trust an animal and, and that type of thing. And so we kind of um, always had the horses for the kids. Um, when we first started, it, when the child would come, they would automatically get a horse. Um, they had to learn how to ride them bareback so that they could get their balance and all that. And then as um, a hobby, we started, um, um, you know, raising some fox trotters. And how that got started was we went on a wagon train up in Minnesota for the Camp Courage wagon train that my husband is from Minnesota. And um, he went up every year and he would work the traffic end of it, or either a wagon master. And, and we went one year and um, he had a, a horse that he had on his dude string and um, he had kind of a funny shuffle. And it um, and we did some research and found out that it was a, a fox trotter. And because they were so smooth and, and can travel at a faster um, pace than a regular quarter type of horse at a walk that, 
you know, everyone seemed to, you know, want one. So we ended up, you know, he um, he bought a few mares, and I bought a few mares. We bought a stallion, and kind of just grew from there. <laughs> and and it, you know, it um, it we just it was almost like um, a stress reliever from the youth ranch, um, having the horses, but then it actually became um, another part of our business. Right. And how many horses did you tell me that you had at one time? At one time we had 400. Oh my goodness gracious. And so you <laughs> went from you went from one form of stress to another. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh goodness. Well, talk let's talk a little bit more about what the Youth Ranch uh um uh, actually does because um you know, early on when I when I met you, um I knew about the Fox Trotters and I knew about Brushy Creek, but I had no idea about the Youth Ranch. And and uh, when I discovered that, I thought, you know, this is a great program. So, how how does that program actually work? Well, it's um, we it's a residential treatment for troubled youth, and we started actually with abused and neglected um, type kids, and now we get kids that are placed through the court systems, through uh, you know Division of Family Services, Child Services. Um, and usually they're kids that have been taken away from the home. Either they don't have a family or, um, you know, they've been in several different, maybe a foster home, went to a group home, didn't make it there. They needed, you know, more structure. So um, they get placed at, um, you know, they usually get placed through the judge um, to our facility. And we are a level three and a level four facility, and uh, we're licensed for 86 kids. Um, we do have one group, uh, one home that is for girls, and the rest are all boys, ages six to 21 years of age. And wow. um, it's normally, you know, it, it's it, two years is usually what the program is. We've had some kids as long as 13 years, and you know, some kids maybe one day. Um, but they, when they come to us, you know, they're usually very angry. They've been moved around a lot. We've had some kids that have come, and they've been in maybe 20 different facilities before they've um, come here. And it takes, um, you know, it takes them a little while to adjust. We, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere when the March Twain National Forest and a lot of these kids that we um, get are from, you know, Kansas City, St. Louis. Um, we've had kids from Illinois, Colorado um, come from different areas. And this is a very different way of life um, down here. And, you know, I think it's really good. Um, they get to see we have a real strong animal program also. Um, also, it's more of a bunkhouse-type living um, mm-hmm. with a big, um, you know, dining hall that they come to eat at. We also have an on-ground school, which is actually it's a wraparound program with the um, school district, Lesterville School District. Uh, we supply the building, and um, they supply the teachers. And it's really nice because a lot of these kids, when we get them, they may not be able to read or write. And they may be, you know, 12 years old, 13 years old. And so when they come, they come on the level um, with their IEP. They come and we put them in that type of level so that they can learn from there rather than just, you know, shuffling them through. And there's no more than eight kids to a classroom, and we have a teacher plus an aide. So um, they get a lot of one-on-one. We have a lot of um, wonderful staff. Uh, we have a lot, you know, several therapists and you know, caseworkers. We have childcare workers, and um, we just have a we have a great program. 
Well, it, and 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 from what I saw, it looks like not only are they uh, getting their education, but they're also learning how to interact and socialize and become engaged in some team building activities as well through um, through the animal program, through the horseback program, and um, I look like you had a few team sports that they get involved in. That's right. We sure do. We sure do, and they can. Um, they we kind of work on a level system, and when they do well and and um, they earn their levels, then they can go ahead and play um, sports, whether it's you know baseball or basketball, you know volleyball, you know at school, which is a real good incentive. Um, we've had several kids that have actually um, received scholarships and gone on and played college ball. So um, we've had. Um, kids in the past that have worked at the barn and worked with our shoer and, you know, have become farriers. Um, so we try to do, we also have an auto, um, auto mechanic shop, and so they can learn some that maybe have an interest in, you know, automobiles, they can work um, with our shop. And so kind of teach them some type of a trade. A lot of these kids may not make it, you know, past 12th grade. Um mm-hmm. And so, but they can go on and be good citizens doing something that they enjoy doing. Well, I, it's, it sounds like a great program, and uh, I know it has to be challenging uh, administering a program like that and dealing with those kids, but it it, it also seems like that has been a passion of George's for quite some time, too. Yes, it, it has been. Actually, he, uh, my husband's from Minnesota, and he moved down here in 1983, and he brought six um, six boys with him that did not have uh, family up there, and so he brought them down, and he bought an old abandoned campground. And um, in 1985 is when he um, received a license um, for the for um, the Valley Springs Youth Ranch, and um, we've just kind of built it from there. Um, started with. Uh, one little bunkhouse and um, a little kitchen, a family room, and we just kind of added on and added on. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of neat. The one uh, big building that we have at the youth ranch, we built it in 1990. And um, to this day, we still have kids that we had back in the 80s that will come and, you know, bring their families and say, you know, I built this building. Because wow. we had one contractor and the rest were all of us building it. So pretty neat. Yeah, it sounds like it. Is there a, is there a particular success story, maybe one that stands out in your mind that uh, is special to you? We well, we had. There's been. I have to say, there's probably been several. <laughs> um, we've, you know, um, the sports has been a big thing. Uh, we did have. Um, I wish George could tell the story, but we did have one boy that um came and he actually was um one of the honor guard for the um um the president and oh um, wow and so that was he did he did i mean he was just doing fantastic and um i think um i've seen him this is years ago but i've seen him with um i think it was Mary Hatchett um he was actually escorting her to the white house um, and so that is a, uh, you know, that's a big deal. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. Mm-hmm. It has to, has to make you feel like the work that you've put into this program uh, is really worth the while, really worth yes, the time, it is. the hours that it you is. There's some, you know, we have some sad, you know, sad things, but we have many, many 
many, many great stories with, with kids that we've met, and it's great to see them come back and bring their families and, and um, you know, see that they are succeeding in life, which is not always easy. Well, that is that's fantastic. Now, is a program like this is it uh, is it a government supported program, or you know, are there outside contributions that uh, come in to help with that? No, we we are actually um, we are private, but we do we have a contract with the state of Missouri, and so and then we do also do some adoption subsidy. Um, you know, some families that have adopted these kids, and then they get to a certain age and they can't, you know, handle them. And so, um, you know, we will take them and, and work with them, and we try to work with the families. We do a lot of family therapy on weekends, um, trying to, um, the kids that have a home to go to, trying to get them back in the home. Um, so, you know, we work with um, with the families also. Trying to reunite them, it always doesn't happen that way, but uh, that's what our goal is. Well, that's great. That is great. Well, we wanted to kind of highlight that because that's an important type of program to have in place and uh, uh, changing lives uh, through the use of horses and, and yeah. other means is just uh, there's no there is just no uh, way to describe what that type of uh, interaction and relationship has uh, meant to so many people. And uh, kind of like we were talking with Wadi earlier in the show with him, you know, um, he talked about the evening chat with his horse. And mm-hmm. so I, I would I would expect that some of these kids really build a relationship uh, with horses they come in contact with. They, yes, they do. And, you know, we do, uh, we do wagon trains um, with the kids. We used to go seven days at a time and, uh, kind of, it's kind of tough to do that nowadays. Um, three days kind of are our limit, but you know we leave the youth ranch and and we'll go to a, a certain spot. We might come over to the lodge to Brushy Creek one night and uh, camp there. And and everybody has their own little chore, whether it's helping you know take care of the animals or helping cook dinner on the open fire or setting up the tents. And um, you know it seems like we get a lot of really good therapy sitting around a campfire at night, um, talking with these kids. They can kind of open up. They're comfortable. They've been working with the kids on trying to get through the day to where the next stop is. And uh, it's just been it's been a really strong part of our program is, has been with the horses. Oh, that's great. That is great. Well, and sitting around a campfire is, is good therapy for me, too, so I know it's got to be good for these kids. Yes, uh, so let's, let's talk a little bit about... Um, uh, Valley Springs Foxtrotters. Uh, okay. he, so you, you you saw this horse that had a peculiar gait, and you kind of were attracted to that, and then you ended up with 400. So what is what is the status of Valley Springs Foxtrotters today? What's your focus? <laughs> well, the focus is to to raise the best um, the best all around horse there is for trail riding for trail riding people. And um, we have, you know, at one time we had 15 stallions. We're, you know, we have we stand five stallions today. We have about 40 broodmares, and at one time we had about 140. And, and I think what we decided was instead of having, you know, so many really, really get down to what is going to be the best disposition, the best natural gait, um, and the best all-around um, type of horse for the people that like to trail ride today. And um, so we are breeding 
um, operation. We, you know, we breed them, we um, imprint our babies, um, we mess with them a, a lot when they're weanlings, and we turn them out and let them be horses for a year. And we start when we start bringing them in, we train them, and then um, we train them. And you know, that will take you know every horse is on an individual basis, but normally we try to put about six months on them, and then uh, and then we try to find them a, a new home, and that's basically what our program is here. Okay. Well, for folks that may not be familiar with the Missouri Foxtrotter, uh, tell us a little bit about the breed and, and what makes them different from some of the others. Well, I think um, the thing that I love about the Foxtrotter is they're very, very, um, is the disposition. And they're very, very smart and they're very, very willing. And it seems like the more you do with them, the more they love they have a uh, they have you know the the foxtrot gait which is a diagonal gait which makes it very smooth and, and they're very sure-footed in the rough terrain you know they were um born and bred in the ozarks which is you know rough terrain rocky they're very very sure-footed um there there've been people that have used them you know many of the foxtrotters for the endurance riding um mm-hmm. they've been you know they've been using them for team penning um, of course, you know, you can show them down at Ava um, in the three gate, which is going to be the walk, the foxtrot, and the canter. Um, they're using them a lot for versatility. Um, you know, we've we've run barrels with ours. Um, we've just done the thing about the foxtrot, we've also um, have hooked up several and had buggy horses with the foxtrotters. And it's kind of the thing that is nice about them is they have, they can travel at a, a nice smooth gait. And, um, and I think that was what sold me doing when we would do those wagon trains in Minnesota. It was 250 miles long, so oh, you did that wow. in seven days, and you had a layover day. So you were doing that in six days. Well, you know, if you were riding a horse for 30 miles, and if you're working traffic, then you can figure you've got another 10 on top of that going back and forth, making sure that everything's okay with the teams. You need a horse that is going to be very comfortable to ride, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can ride a, a Foxtrotter all day and just not even feel like I've, you know, ridden a couple hours. Um, they're just very, very, uh, they're very um, sure-footed. They're very smooth-gated. Um, they have very good dispositions. Um, and I just think they're the all-around horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you're a girl that has kind of been smitten with the breed and, uh uh, and have made a passion and a business out of it. And uh, we're going to take just a real quick break. And Templeton Thompson is going to be singing about girls and horses. And I think that may apply to Joanne Becker. So uh, let's take a listen to this. We're going to come back. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Brushy Creek Lodge and Resort. And uh, uh, I'd like to find out a little bit about the Mark Twain uh, National Forest that's out there. So you're listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Joanne Becker. You can see it in her eyes 
by Templeton Thompson. And, uh, Joanne, I've seen some photographs that you've had posted on your website and your Facebook page. You've got a real pretty gray that I've seen you riding on there. Yes, I do. Do do you have a special horse that you enjoy? Would that be the one? Well, she's, yeah, probably her and um, the Palomino that I have. Uh, The gray one is called Victoria's Secret, and uh, we (laughs) raised her here. (laughs) 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 And... um, I've trail ridden her out to Colorado just about every year since she's been three, and I took her to, um, actually I took her to Ava, not even, um, I rode her about 30 days before the show, and and uh, she took a garland, she won all four classes that she was in that one year, and uh, she's just an awesome, awesome horse, I just, I love her. <laughs> well, she's a, she's a beautiful mare. Um, Thank you. Tell me a little bit about the uh, uh, how you how you got started with Brushy Creek Lodge and Resort. Well, when we built the um, actually when we built the um, Fox Trotter Barn and we started um, getting more horses and stuff, we had people um, coming from all over, even um, different countries, coming to look at horses. And because we're kind of in the middle of nowhere here, uh, the closest town is Lesterville, which is 18 miles one way, and then we have uh, by Burnham, which is another 25 miles, and so everything was kind of far. So we decided we maybe needed to have something where we could have ple- um, people come and 
they can stay. So we have some. We built some cabins, and uh, we built a um, actually a lodge and resort, and uh, we have um, a restaurant. And uh, we have a back room that we call the John Wayne room where people can come and just kind of relax. It's open 24 hours, and uh, they can play cards, play games, um, you know, read, do, you know, kind of watch TV, do whatever they want to do and relax. Um, so we kind of built the – we kind of built Brushy Creek actually for two reasons. We built it because of um, our expansion with the Foxtrotters and not having a place for them to stay close by. Um, or a place for them to eat. And the other reason was um, when we would do family seminars for the um, kids at the youth ranch, it was getting harder and harder to have the families come to the youth ranch as the youth ranch grew. So we started doing um, weekend seminars at Brushy Creek also so that the parents had a place to stay. We'd bring the kids over, and then they could do their, um, you know, their therapy groups and um you know, during the day on on the weekend. So we kind of built Brushy Creek for uh, two different reasons. And as more people came and um, started riding um, down here, we decided we probably needed more campsites. So um, we built, we have 40 campsites with water and electric. And we try to keep it small. We don't want it to get real, you know, big to where you can't enjoy it. but then we talked to the Mark Twain National Forest and um, asked them we, about um, building some more trails. So then we get an outfitter's permit through the Mark Twain National Forest, and we were able to put in some of our own trails, um, which were great because we can, you know, we can have an hour trail to, you know, two hour all day. We do, you know, overnight pack trips, and um, so that's kind of how Brushy Creek got started. Just the need with the people coming. Um, so far to um, to look at horses or be here and also another place for the um, that we could have uh, you know the parents come for um, the the weekends well I'm almost afraid to ask what's next for Joanne Becker because we've gone from <laughs> the youth ranch to the fox trotters to the brushy creek and I, and I was serious when I was saying which came first the chicken or the egg and uh <laughs> You're just a busy lady, um, but uh, but uh, talk a little bit about the Mark Twain National Forest. I mean, is it is it some pretty good riding out there? How many it's miles beautiful. of trails do you it's, have? It's beautiful riding. We have about 130 miles of trails that are marked. But actually, the Ozark Trail um, actually starts around the St. Louis area, and it will go all the way down to um, Arkansas once they can open up to the Peck Ranch down there. Um, but it's a beautiful trail. It's a lot of, you have a lot of streams. Um, you know, you can cross some of the, uh, I know we, we cross Brushy Creek, and you can, um, there's different forks on the Black River, which we're only about 20 miles from the Black River, but um, one of the forks goes right through the youth ranch. And uh, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of water. It is rocky here because it is, it is the eastern Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of uh, lots of riding, and it's you know the thing about that people you know have always when they come down here, what they've always said it's the best kept, kept secret because um, you know it's very rare that you're going to run into another big group of horses just because we have so many trail different trails to ride um, in a day, and so uh, we have a real nice trail that 
you know, it's it's about 18 miles. It goes down to Sutton's Bluff, uh, which is beautiful, um, a beautiful trail. It's Ozark Trail all the way. Uh, we have another farm that we call the Bell Farm, and it's about eight miles one way. So, um, you know, it's a 16-mile um, loop. And then we have another one that we we call the Lake Ride. Um, but, you know, you can just ride forever. Um, it's, it's just beautiful riding. It is rocky. It's very, um, most of it is trail. There is some, you know, open, like, logging roads. Um, but it, it's it's mostly trails. It's mostly in the woods. And it's really nice, even, you know, people are afraid it might be too hot. But when you start, when you have water around you and it's moving water and uh-huh. you're in the shade, it's about 20 degrees um you know, cooler than it is, you know, when you're outside in the sun. So, right. you know, we have some real nice riding. Well, it, 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 and again, the uh, what is your website? It's, um, well, for the um, Foxtrotters, it's www.missourifoxtrotter.com. Okay. And then Brushy Creek Lodge is just brushycreeklodge.com, so that's very easy to find. Uh, so people can can gather more information there. Um, so be sure and check out brushycreeklodge.com. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about something that's near and dear to my heart, um, and that is a national trail ride that's coming up, and you're one of the host locations. And when we come back, we want to talk some more about that and uh, maybe Joanne talk about a little bit about what's uh, what's coming up on this ride. But uh, the fellow that started the Fiona Rose Murphy Foundation is a guy named Michael Martin Murphy. And we're going to take a break and listen to something that he did called Medicine Man. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Joanne Becker. You're listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio. Of everlasting life 
the poker run ride is is one that everyone likes the most. It seems like it's about a two and a half hour ride. Um, we have five different obstacles along that two and a half hour ride, and um, you come back, and then that night you'll open up your cards, and then we always give awards for um, the best, the top best five hands, and. It's always a really good time. Um, the people have a, a great time doing it together. Um, so we're going to have that going on. Then we're going to do another ride in the afternoon um, on Saturday. And that evening we're all going to be geared up for um, we're going to have a meet and greet on at 5 o'clock. It will be between 5 and 7. Um, and we're going to have Michael uh, Jonathan coming to play at the barn. And so um, people that don't want to come for you know, the event, but want to come and listen to uh, the music, um, you know, that'll be, um, you know, they can come and do that, and we encourage that, um, and that, and he'll be starting at 8 o'clock, and, and actually, the meet and greet's going to be, you know, starting at 5, and it'll be the, the wine and cheese, and then we're going to have hay rides going on, too, that if you want to catch a ride on the hay ride and, and uh, see some of the pretty country around here, you can, you're more than welcome to do that, and we'll be kind of settling people back and forth because uh, uh, Michael Jonathan's going to be playing at the big it's Fox Rider Barn in the uh, back arena. So, and then we're going to have a barbecue if anybody wants to, uh, you know, come in and enjoy the, you know, the barbecue with all the fixings and stuff. So it's going to be a really good ride. It's going to be beautiful time of year to ride here. Um, early June is a great time to ride. Well, it sounds like it's going to be the place to be uh, uh, the first weekend in June. And uh, I'm just going to mention right quickly, uh, Fiona Rose Murphy is Michael Martin Murphy's granddaughter. Fiona was born with osteogenesis imperfecta, which is brittle bone disease. And it affects primarily the long bones of the body. When she was born, she she had seven broken bones in, in, in utero and uh, has had hundreds of broken bones since then. He established a foundation about 12 years ago named after Fiona, and uh, they benefit children and, and the families that are dealing with the emotional financial stress of brittle bone disease. And so this is a national event that's going to be taking place in five states, uh, Washington, Colorado, Illinois, Missouri, and in Tennessee, uh, all at the same weekend. And then we also have an event that's going on in Germany, so this actually is an international ride. But going to be a lot of fun, and all of the money will be going toward the to the foundation. 100% of the funds go to the foundation. And, again, that's to help support the families and children that are dealing with this disease. Uh, so just a great cause. And, and, uh, and I tell you, with everything that you've got going on, Joanne, there's not a better value for uh, a donation to a worthy cause because for $50 donation to the foundation, they're going to get to enjoy all of these different things that are going on, the different concerts, uh, the events, uh, in addition to playing the the camping fees and, and stall fees. But for $50, it's just a great value and for a great cause. So uh, yes, we really... Really, really appreciate you guys hosting this. And, again, it sounds like it's going to be a ton of fun at at your place. Um, I'll mention to you, Michael Jonathan is actually going to be performing with Mike Mark Murphy uh, in May oh, in Arkansas. Really? 
So uh, for folks that uh, may or may not be familiar with Michael Jonathan, he hosts the uh, syndicated Wood Songs radio program, and uh, I think it's carried by about 500 stations, and he's a great entertainer as well. So just going to be a great, great time. Um, tickets, uh, there'll be concerts at all the locations, and tickets can be purchased online in advance if you want to come just for the concerts. And uh, also, each location will be hosting a day ride. So if you can't make it for the three days, uh, you can come out and ride on Saturday and um, for $25, and that goes to the, um, to the foundation as well. So just a lot of fun. And uh, I've had some people tell me that they'd like to be in Tennessee because Michael Martin Murphy's going to be there. But uh, <laughs> from what you've got going on, I kind of hate that I can't be there. Oh, I wish you could be here, too, but, you know, I'd kind of like to listen to Michael Martin Murphy myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spent the day with him yesterday, and it was kind of a treat. We were uh, we were sitting around somewhere, and he actually played Geronimo's Cadillac, oh. and there were just about three of us listening, so a lot of fun. <laughs> but anyway, it's a, it's a great cause, and it's going to be uh, a big time at Brushy Creek Lodge and Resort uh, in Black, Missouri. And again, their website is brushycreeklodge.com. There's information on the Fiona Rose Murphy Trail Ride that's taking place there June 5th through the 7th. But you've got a lot of other great rides that are scheduled. And so people can check out the website and uh, and see what you've got coming up. And uh, uh, I understand if you come to Brushy Creek once, you'll want to come back again. That's right. We get a lot of we get a lot of return people. And it's kind of like a homecoming when they come. It's kind of a gathering spot, and they get to see the same people they saw a year ago or six months ago. Or it's just a it's just a great it's a great spot. And another thing I forgot is we're going to have the vendor row. We've got lots of neat vendors that are going to be here. Uh, they'll be set up for the weekend. I forgot to mention that. I know that all the That's other good. yeah all the other um, the places that are having the um, you know, for that particular weekend, they're all having uh, vendors, but we have a really good selection that are are coming, and we're really excited about that too. So, well, and I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, every location will have some great shopping with some unique vendors with uh, everything from pottery to clothing to tack, and uh, uh, some of the locations even have masseuses. I know that in Tennessee we Ooh. have a masseuse scheduled, and and I'm their first customer. I've already booked my reservation. <laughs> Good that. for you. So, anyway, a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun everywhere. And, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of great shopping. So uh, for more information on the uh, National Trail Ride, you can visit twhbea.com, twhbea.com, and uh, uh, it will give you more information about the foundation, uh, more about the events that are taking place, and uh, their contacts there for uh each of the locations, including Brushy Creek. So be sure and check that website out, twhbea.com. Uh, Joanne, it's been fun talking to you. And, oh, it's been uh, fun talking to you, too. You, you didn't answer that question earlier, though, when I said what's next for Joanne Baker. Is, uh, Becker, is there anything <laughs> else? <laughs> I, I don't know what's next. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would you, say just stay tuned. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Stay, stay tuned. Well, listen, a lot of fun talking to you, and I know that you and I will be talking more between now and June, so uh, I look forward to that. 
I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the show today and uh, and share information both about uh, uh, Valley Springs Youth Ranch, the Valley Springs Foxtrotters, and Brushy Creek Lodge and Resort. So, uh, folks, be sure and check out the website again, brushycreeklodge.com. And uh, make that June trail ride for the uh, Fiona Rose Murphy Foundation, and uh, you'll plan on coming back for some of their fall trail rides after you've been there once. So we encourage you to do that. (laughs) Joanne, thanks so much. Appreciate it very much. Well, thank you, Gary. It's nice talking with you. Have a good day. Good talking to you. Thanks a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, a good show today. I apologize. We had some technical problems early on with uh, Waddy when he was on the show, uh, but it ended up well. I had a lot of fun talking with him, so we hope he'll come back and join us again. And uh, and Joanne is just a lot of fun to talk with. So you've been listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio. Uh, we come to you every Thursday at noon Central Time. We remind you that if you climb in the saddle, Get ready for the ride. Thanks for listening. When evening chores are over at our ranch house on the plains, and all I've got to do Watch the desert sun go down Riding down the canyon To watch the sun go down A picture that no artist ever could paint White-faced cattle On the mountainside I hear a coyote whining for his mate. Cactus plants are blooming, sagebrush everywhere. Granite spires standing all around. I tell you folks, it's heaven to be riding down the trail.
when the desert sun goes down. I tell you folks, it's heaven to be riding down the trail when the desert sun goes down. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.